Happy Monday to you. This is Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. Aaron will be joining us momentarily. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Hope you all enjoyed the Lakers beating up on the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, both teams were were far from 100%. Um, uh, Lakers had LeBron James and, uh, and Anthony Davis out, and uh, the Nets had Harden out. And then Kyrie Irving and Dennis Schroeder were both ejected from the game in the at the, right at the beginning of the third quarter. And uh, shortly after that, then the Lakers went on a tear and went up twenty points. Um, Kevin Durant continued to play for Brooklyn, so they did have one of their th- trifecta O superstars. Um, but this is like his second game back ha- after having a, a calf injury, and he's had you know he had an Achilles tear and set out all of last year. And so, um, you know, they're still kind of limiting his minutes and easing him into it to make sure that he doesn't uh, re-injure that leg. But he looked about as phenomenal as he always did. But if it was – he did seem to me, and this is just me, um, he looked like he was maybe a step slow, like he was, um, you know, not 100%. Or I shouldn't say 100. He's probably 100, percent but he's still a little tentative, and that's going to just take a little playing time to kind of work that out. But uh, oh my gosh, can that man score? Um, uh, you know, pretty much at will anywhere on the uh, on the field or on the court, um, and can do it pretty easily. So um, yeah, anyhow, he um, uh, is impressive. And I think he ended up going for like 22 or 24 points, something like that. Um, but Kyrie Irving in the first half, plus two or three minutes before he got kicked out, had 19 already or 18. So um, he was on target to score, you know, in the mid-30s probably um, and certainly would have had an effect on the outcome of the game. But with him out, uh, the, the what, what, what I really liked, what I saw was that the, the supporting cast for the Lakers is coming together as a team and playing well. So I was particularly proud of that as a fan of the team. And, like, I had anything to do with it, right? Uh, but uh, as a fan, you know, you'll, you'll, you're happy to see that the guys who are not the, the big-name players are able to come together and get a win against a strong team. Uh, up to this point, they had sort of been – I think about 50-50. The teams that, that, that were weaker teams, they were beating. And the teams that were stronger teams, they didn't win against. Uh, although they actually played reasonably well. So it was nice to see them play against a strong team to do well. Here's Aaron. Hi there. Hi. So I was just talking about the fact that it was nice to see the Lakers play against a strong team and do well. I know you're not uh, a sports ball fan, but uh, with s- since their superstars have been out, they have done what they needed to against like weaker teams, teams with poorer records they would beat. But when they went up against teams that were stronger, they tended to to uh, find ways to not play as well. And here they really amped up their defense. And even though um, both teams, both the Lakers and the Nets, were not at 100% by any stretch of the imagination because a lot of their stars were not available, um, 
they showed that the the a lot of the the uh, rank and file on the team could play good solid defense and play as a team and beat a good team and so um, you know that that bodes well for when we come back with the full strength uh, that said the nets also had you know one of their superstars out and i mean they've got three guys that could be the top guy on a team uh and uh they lost you know one was out with an injury and the other one got kicked out just after halftime and so um you know had either of them been in the game it would have been maybe a different story but at least the lakers were in it i felt good about that and i'm happy to get away with a win as a fan so how are they doing this season where are they ranked well, um, when they're healthy, they're generally considered to be either the, one of the, be- the best or the second best team in the league. And the Nets, likewise, when they're healthy, are considered either the best or the second best team in the league. Neither of them are 100% right now. And so the Lakers have actually slipped to fifth in the West Coast uh, Western Conference right now. Um, and the way it works with the playoffs is that the top six teams are guaranteed a playoff spot. And then teams 7, 8, 9, and 10 will play like a mini tournament to see who gets the seventh and eighth spot. So eight teams go into the playoffs and what they have gotcha. is a, what they call a play in tournament for teams, uh, seven, eight, nine, and 10 to see who gets to then be in the playoffs. So the, and they did that last year for the first time because it was a shortened season and they mm-hmm. liked the way that worked out. So that meant that, uh, that even if you're not having a great season, if you you know if you're peaking towards the end of the season, that you could maybe still get into the playoffs by by you know being in the top ten in your division uh, and getting a, a playoff spot. So uh, right now, being fifth is good. It's it's better to stay in the top six and because then you don't have to play so many games. You know you don't have to play that little play-in tournament. And so we're hoping that that the guys get healthy and they're able to you know hold off. Uh, you know, any fan of any of the teams, you know, you really don't want you don't want to be in that play in position unless your team is just really stinking and you're sitting in like, you know, 11th or 12th place. And you really are hoping to get into the top 10 so that you can uh, play in because there's 15, have one more chance. Yeah, there's 15 teams in each of the two divisions, the Western or conferences, the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. So, uh, you know, uh, 10 of the 15 teams have a shot at making the playoffs, but only eight actually make the playoffs and so um you know you just kind of want to watch where you're at yeah so right now the lakers are sitting in fifth place and they're uh uh basically a game behind the denver nuggets and and uh um and they're uh what i guess three games behind the clippers who are in third place and they're seven games out of first place which is the utah jazz so um, anyhow, you know, we'll see once they get healthy. I have no doubt they'll make the playoffs. I don't. There's nothing I've seen that makes me think that there's an imminent collapse. I mean, their best players are sitting on the bench healing up, and they're managing to uh, to play sort of five and five basketball over the last ten games. So, like I said, they beat the game. They're beating the teams that they should be beating, and they're staying in the game on on the teams that they, uh, you know, might struggle against because some of their talent is not playing right now. And that's, you know, you can't ask for much more than that. I mean, you'd love to see one of the guys from the bench suddenly step up and turn out to be a hidden superstar. But, you know, the, the odds of that happening are pretty slim. So um, they do have yeah, some, like some the young. Coach, Go ahead. The coaches, coaches know who they've got on the bench. Yeah, yeah. They have some um, they have some young talent that on any given night 
can be phenomenal, but then the next night they're they're just really inconsistent, you know. So it's like, you know, um, uh, one night they'll score thirty, and the next night they score six, and you're like, well, <laughs> you know. But as the but what the coach is looking for is, you know, on the nights when you're not hitting your baskets, are you still playing lockdown defense? Are you giving me a hundred percent? Are you you know are you playing smart? Are you doing all those other things? Um, and then the rest of it'll you know fall in the line eventually. So, so that's what one hopes for. As a fan, anyway. So, um, so the seventeenth of April, two thousand eleven. Does that date have any significance to you? Uh, no. <laughs> Probably not. It was the date of the first episode of Game of Thrones. It was ten years ago on the seventeenth, which will be this Saturday. And it was a Sunday then, but. Uh, yeah, Eight, Game of Thrones uh, is celebrating their tenth anniversary. HBO is uh, doing some some uh, uh, special stuff about that. One of the things they're doing is replaying all of them. So on uh, Sunday, the entirety of season one was available. You could watch all ten episodes back to back to back to back to back. You had asked earlier, "What did I do this weekend?" I did sort of casually watch that most of the day. <laughs> I didn't like sit and watch it you know nonstop. but uh yeah that first season you you when you watch that you go like okay i can see why people got hooked into this i can see what the attraction was it's uh, apparently david benioff one of the showrunners for the uh for the game of thrones when asked to describe it said it was sort of like sopranos meets lord of the rings and i think that's a pretty good description yeah i would agree you know it was I would agree. It was sort of Sopranos stories in Lord of the Rings world. Um, obviously not Lord of the Rings world, but a similar type of world. Um, yeah. And the first season, you go, okay, I could see why this. And, and I had read the books, um, such as they are. George Martin finished that next one. Winds of Winter is due, buddy, due. But um, other than that, um, minor rant. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it just, it they brought it to life in really good ways. And um, I know there were people who, who felt some of the the adult storylines and visuals were a little much, but that was true to the story the way it was written. Um, and I think they wanted to show the, the um, you know, the horrors of hand-to-hand combat bat and the debauchery of, of, of some of the characters. And so they, you know, it, they, there was... Lots of flashing of men and women in, in various states of undress and and various states of arms and legs attached and not attached. So it was, uh, uh, you know, bloody, gory, and and enthralling. You know, I for, you know right from the get go, Peter Dinklage just owned the screen in every scene he was in, um, and you can see why his character was, uh, you know, Tyrion was so popular. Um, so yeah, um, I enjoyed that. Something else I did last week, um, on Friday, I think it was, I think I had told you I had never watched the Sopranos when it first came out. And, you know, I know it was a cultural, cultural phenomenon. People talked about it, but at the time, you know, I was busy working. (laughs) This is when my children were little and I was working all the time and I didn't have time to sit down and watch TV shows very much. So there's a gap in my, you know, my TV show watching, um, during that age when my kids were from like, you know, two to 10 or 12, 
you know, because it's like the, when night came, I was tired. Um, and uh, anyway, I sat and watched that over the last, you know, month and a half, two months from beginning to end. And I wrapped it up on Friday. Um, and uh, wow, I see why that was such a cultural phenomena. What a great show. Again, lots of gore and guts and, and nakedness and drug use. And I mean, it, they were, you know, gangsters. Um, but uh, very interesting show, very interesting characters, very well done all the way through. So, there's so Tobin and I watched. <laughs> Tobin and I this weekend watched a movie that that I had no recollection of it even coming out. Uh, it was Star Trek. I think it's called Beyond. Um, mm-hmm. It came out in 2016, and I'm right. like, wait, what was I doing in 2016? Well, my mother was dying in 2016, so right. needless to say, I really wasn't aware of what – I was a little distracted. So um, it was actually really enjoyable. We en- we, ha- we enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. I like the whole Star Trek, you know, the, the, that rebooted mm-hmm. franchise. Um, I like it a lot. I think that all of the – you know, Zoe Saldana and Chris Pine and – um, Zachary Kinto and all of those people do a phenomenal job. Yeah. Uh, Carl Urban, you know, and I think it was the last one with Yelchin in it before he he died with that movie. Um, so uh, it was, uh, I think his name is Alexander Yelchin, the one who played Mr. Chekhov. Um, right. Yes, yeah, because the original one, the reboot was in 2009 with Star Trek, and then the two, 2013 was Star Trek Into Darkness. Star Trek Beyond was 2016. It was the third of the reboot series. Um, they're such iconic characters, and we're so used to seeing the original people play them that it was a, you know, I think it was kind of a dicey move to say we're going to reboot it and put new people in these, in these spots. And, the, you know, I mean, st- you know, James Kirk and, and Spock are so iconic, and the people who played them, you know, we, we've grown up knowing that's who that is, right? That's the face. Yeah. They did such a good job, and the casting was really well done. It was really well done. It was done. excellent. And yeah. all of them are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. All of them. Um, so, uh, Carl Urban, I have loved everything that he's in. He was in the, the, in the Bourne movies. He was in mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. He was obviously in Star Trek. Xena, uh, Warrior just, Princess. He, was he really? Yes. So that one I've never seen. Yeah. That one, that, he, that one I've he, never... He was in Xena. But yeah, he's great. I agree. He's great. Simon Pegg is fantastic. Um, and oh, plays. he 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 steals every scene he's in. He, he is. Yeah, he's a, he's an absolute scene stealer. I you almost as an actor would go like I, I almost don't even want to be. I I'll end up just sitting there watching you work. You know, that's that's because <laughs> you're that good at it. And and the character he plays, the way he plays him is is with such um, uh, sort of levity, and yet. You know, um, uh, just joy in the way he comes about it. It's just, it's, it's just, it's fun to watch. But you're right. The whole, yes, it is. the whole, the, all of the casting. And Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto were just stunningly good at in sort of reinventing absolutely iconic characters. You know, I mean, all of them were difficult, but those two in particular had a lot to carry on their shoulders in terms of getting you to watch this and accept them because, you know. Yes. They, those particular um, characters are so defined in our cultural memory that, you know, to see somebody else come in and say, hey, I am James T. Kirk and I am Spock, 
is difficult, really difficult. I think what lent a little bit to it also was, um, you know, it was shocking how how close Zachary Quinto looked to Spock when he, or to um, 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 Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy when they both had the Spock makeup on. You know, and the fact that then yes. Leonard Nimoy and I don't know, you didn't see the the previous ones, right? Maybe you had, but you hadn't seen them recently. Um, or you didn't talk about it, but uh, you know, Spock was in uh, the original uh, reboot movie. Um, uh, Leonard Nimoy was in that, and he, was and was a he uh, was he producer, was in this director. one too. Was he okay? Um, yes. Yeah. So he, um, I think that lends a lot of credence to it. You know, it kind of uh, yes. Uh, lets you kind of go like okay i get it ties the two together very nicely and and it and it also i think for a lot of people sort of somehow says okay the the old cast has kind of blessed the new cast you know it's like you guys have the ball now you run with it yes so william shatner as we talked about is 90 years old so right yes and he he is still with us and um yeah yeah i uh, has, has passed but uh yeah, I just it's it's uh, uh, you know it's a, such such iconic things. I know Leonard Nimoy throughout his life um, kind of battled back and forth. In fact, he did a couple different memoirs, and the first one was in 1975, and it was "I Am Not Spock." And 20 years later, he did another memoir in 1995, and it says "I Am Spock." <laughs> it just shows how he struggled with over the over the years, you know, being typecast a lot in certain ways, and. Uh, and knowing, you know, embracing the the love that people have for that show and those characters, um, you know, it's it's a. I'm sure it was at times a joy and other times a struggle. But uh, yes, but yeah, the yes. the fact that he was involved in the reboot, I think, just lended lent some um, gravitas to it and said, okay, this is good. You know, this is okay. This is all right, guys, that we can do this, that it doesn't just have to be, you know, two old guys re- redoing the same thing. You know, it's like, why would these guys in their 70s and 80s be stumbling around in space still working for, for uh, um, uh, you know, Starfleet? And so it didn't make any sense for them to try to go back and make movies, at least not that way. But him playing a much older Spock, who, who apparently, you know, in, in the... In the lore, the uh, Vulcans are very long-lived, right? Um, yes. Made sense. It worked. So It did. Yeah. Hey, Pharaoh. Yeah, that's I a good just got, got home, and he is, he is out. I wonder if he's going to throw up in my shoe. I was going to say, yeah, is he looking <laughs> for new, new uh, targets to, to, um, to share his love with you for? <laughs> Hello, Mommy. Blah. Get rid of those kittens. Where'd he go? <laughs> Pharaoh. Yeah. There he is. So. I had uh, suggested that you know, he might he might reach kitties. out somehow like that after a period of time when he's decided he's had enough of the kittens. Cats do that. Yes. They, they you know, they dogs do. do it too. Dogs will sometimes go find something they know you like and, you know, pee on it or chew on it to let you know they're not happy. It's like they, they, they speak loudly when they want to without ever saying a word. Yes. <laughs> Yes, they do. It is so nice and cool outside and overcast and mm-hmm. beautiful. And I just thought I'd say that. I yeah. usually give a weather report when I get in the car. 
I did a quick break in between uh, the the radio show and the podcast and stepped outside for a minute. And uh, yeah, it's it's a nice day today. It's supposed to be cooler than yesterday because yesterday it was in uh, here. It was in the eighties, and I think it was like mid eighties in San Bernardino. Um, yeah, it was a warm day. And today, uh, according to the fine folks at Dark Sky, it will peak at 3 p.m. at about 74 degrees here in Corona. And then it'll be in the 60s for the next three days and then start peaking again as it goes towards the weekend into the 80s and even into the 90s. Eesh. I'm not ready for the 90s. I want to I'm not either. I like the 60s and 70s. To which many people will say, then move somewhere else because you're in the wrong place for that, buddy. I like the 50s and 60s. Lots of good music in the 50s and 60s. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Somehow. Yeah. It's, um, I'm with you. I like it cooler. Um, you know, this is a wonderful, wonderful place in the winter. I love living here in the winter. In the summer, I wouldn't mind being a, um, you know, an anti-snowbird or whatever they <laughs> and, and and fluttering north. If I had a summer home, it wouldn't be in really warm areas. It would be cooler areas like in the mountains or maybe somewhere up the coast. Um, you know, I think uh, the area up around Eureka is wonderful. One of my I yeah. visited there not long ago, and it's one of my favorite places. So um, in terms of just, uh, wow, they've got a frost advisory in Eureka today with highs in the mid-50s. So wow, sounds almost perfect. Yeah, it does. It sounds absolutely perfect. Yeah, they're right on the coast, so um, it it would have to be pretty cold for it to be, uh, uh, you know, the actual frost up. Um, but they are north by quite a ways. I mean, they're um, they're not as far north as we are south, but not far off either. You know, of of the Bay Area, so. So, you know, yeah, I we cannot forget how big California is. California yeah. is huge. Yeah, from here to Sacramento is, you know, without stopping is maybe six and a half hours. And from Sacramento on up to uh, Eureka is probably another four and a half to five hours. So uh, part of that is there's not like really good highways to get across because you have to get over the coast. And so you can't zip along going 70. Um, oh, did I say that? Nobody drives 70. 65 is the speed limit. Okay, so on my way out to the desert this weekend, on our way, I was doing uh, north of 80, <laughs> and um, people were flying past me like I was standing still. Yeah. Isn't that shocking when you so, feel like you're zipping along at a pretty good clip, and 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 you're afraid that you're going to be, you know, have a bumper taken off or something as people go zipping by you? It's like, whoa, dude, how big a rush are you in? Yeah. 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 Are you in the, are you heading for a restroom cuz I can't think or somebody dying cuz I can't see a reason why you need to drive 110 miles an hour on yeah. the freeway. Yeah. Yes, this is not the autobahn, although a lot of people wish it was. Yes. Yeah. You know, the thing is is it's like it's not like they're driving 110 in in you know a, a Ferrari or a Porsche or something designed to go 100. They're going 110 in like a a Honda CRV. You know, and you're like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, really? Come on, guy. That thing's about to rattle apart. <laughs> Just... It's true. That's very, very true. Yeah. 
I uh, at one time had a Volkswagen Beetle, and I had that over 100 miles an hour at one time, and the thing felt like it was going to rattle apart. It felt like the, the car was bouncing so much, it felt like one tire at a time was touching the ground. It just was like, this is not a car designed to go this fast. It's just not. Why in God's green earth were you driving that fast? Because. <laughs> the- that said, I have an old Porsche that I've had up over 120, and it felt rock solid. But, yeah, but they're you know, designed for that. Exactly. That's the point that. I was making, is that's exactly right. And um, I, I will never admit where or when that happened. I'm sure it was all done in a closed-circuit course where it was safely controlled circumstances. But, um, yeah. Yes. I would much rather be going 120 in a Porsche than 100 in a Volkswagen Beetle, let me tell you much much safer feeling in that uh in the, between the two vehicles um yeah no doubt about it no doubt about it well apparently there's a missing princess um the Sounds un like said plot. friday i know right the un said friday is concerned that it has not received proof of life this is according to newser for princess latifa bint mohammed al maktoum the missing daughter of the ruler of Dubai, and he's not. She's not been heard heard from in six months. Hmm. Um, so the office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights said it's asked the UAE for clear, compelling evidence that she's alive. Yet she, they've they've yet to receive any. So um, apparently, she was being held hostage uh, before she went dark. So before she, you know, before that six months, after trying. Um, hang on, to escape her father in 2018. Um, so in her February message, she asked police to reinvestigate the case of her sister, sister Princess Shamsa, who was kidnapped at 18 after she fled her father's estate for England in 2000. Um, so Princess Latifa said her sister was brought back to Dubai and tortured for years in prison. And she says she's been held in solitary confinement with barred windows, no access to medical care, or the outdoors. So this happened to the sister. And so because that happened to the sister, they're now worried that it's happened to Princess Latifa. So holy cow. Yeah. Makes you think twice before you say, let's go look at, let's go visit Dubai. You know? Yeah. The the, the standards of uh, treatment are not the same. This is is a princess. This is the child of the ruler. If 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 yeah. they can be treated badly, can you imagine how they treat commoners? You know. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, if you're visiting and you say or do something that that upsets somebody, you can just disappear. They don't care. They'll do it. They do it to their own kids. Which, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I, I I hope that they get proof of life, although. You know, he never, they never came, they were never transparent about where the younger sister was. And so I'm guessing that Latifa is, is not going to be quote unquote found either. Yeah. I wonder if they're both dead. Yeah. Well, and what, what kind of pressure can you, you know, can, can it, we put on them from the outside? You know, I mean, None. I guess, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're going to, um, you know, limit any kind of trade and stuff, I don't know that we have that much trade with them to begin with. No, they're such small countries. Right. And quite frankly, there's plenty of other places that are willing to buy their oil or do whatever that, you know, I mean, 
Now, I thought Dubai and UAE and the, you know their um, those those countries that are sort of at the bottom end of the Saudi Peninsula, for the most part, were trying to do a lot to 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 create like tourism and 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 uh, and trade that way. They were trying to diversify away from just oil. But uh, well, they are. Of, when these kind of stories leak out, that makes you think twice, right? Yeah, yeah, they yes. So, yeah, it's really scary, mm-hmm. um, really scary. Uh, yeah. I mean, so Tom the Cruise Dubai's filmed a movie family. there at the Burj Dubai, right? Oh. That's the tallest well, building in the world. Apparently, it's beautiful. Yeah, apparently, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, um, in Dubai and UAE. So. Um, after secret recordings came out, evidently, uh, Dubai's royal family released a statement claiming that this princess was being cared for by family and medical professionals at home. Uh, an OHCHR spokesman, spokesperson says ideally they would meet with Princess Latifa alone and promise to make inquiries about Princess Shamsa. But so far, there's no sign of such meeting place. And they say they're very concerned about both cases. Uh, yeah, so, that's crazy. So, so Dubai is basically saying that she's our Brittany, and so we'll just uh, take care of her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, and I can see somebody, you know, from that country going, well, you know, you, you can't preach to us. You guys do that to people like Britney Spears, too, so you're no better than we are. Yeah, well, Brittany's been. We know that she's alive, though. We do. She just recently posted a Twitter pic of her in a like Halloween cat suit. Yeah, I. I that's Why just that weird. Why this across my news feed is beyond me, but apparently she was digging through old costumes and found one and took a picture of her. She put it on; it still fit. She took a picture. Good for her. Huh. Good for her. Yeah. There, there, anyway, there's very little that I have from the '80s that would still fit. I've got a towel. I've got some beach towels that are from the '80s. <laughs> Those still work just fine. Uh, well, and this would have been from the 2000s because she uh, she was born in 1980. Oh yeah. Or 81. Right. There is that because not everybody's old like me. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna. She's 39. She's gonna be 40 this year. Wow. Just a pup. She's still a she's still a babe. Yes. And I don't mean that in so like have she's you heard... a babe, but but she's like a child. I mean not like a child. Uh, this this is not coming out the way I wanted. She's still young, is what I'm trying to say. She's still young. Yes. Man, that just you know, every time I said it, it's like, you know, she's a pup. She's a babe. Nope, nope, nope. That's not that's not what I meant. You know? <laughs> she's young. Yes. Wow. Okay. Mouth in foot. <laughs> Uh, so, so um, you've got some news, mental health news. Yeah, yeah, some surprising statistics because there was a lot of concern over the course of uh, COVID and the lockdown that that there would be um, a rise in uh, suicides, and they actually fell by nearly six percent last year. And in fact, the largest single drop that they've had in in decades, uh, in, in over four decades, and. Uh, and of course, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're still certificates, they're still compiling all the numbers. So they don't have the final numbers yet. So the, the, the count could go up or could continue to stay down or even go further down. We don't know yet until the other information comes in. 
but a large portion of it's done. I mean, here we are a couple months into this year. They've already compiled a lot of the data. And uh, what they're saying is they think it may be uh, the same as a phenomenon that's seen when uh, early stages of wars, when people are sort of like, hey, we're all in this together. And there was a whole bunch of, of, of like messages of support of each other basically going out and that that maybe then, um, you know, uh, helped the mental sensibilities of a lot of people. And it's like, hey, we're all going through this. This isn't just you by yourself alone somewhere that we're all dealing with this. Um, and that that maybe kept the numbers down low, especially earlier in the in the COVID lockdowns. Um, um, you know, I guess what we'll be telling is is over the course of this year whether there's changes in what they are um, as we come out of that. Um, but uh, you know, I mean, you know, anytime you see a number that you that doesn't tell doesn't seem to represent what people had expected because they were expecting that number to probably go up because of all of the isolation. That was happening, and then when it doesn't, they've got to, you know, the, the the people who pay attention to this stuff then go, well, why? Why did it not go the way we expected? And so they're starting to now investigate that. And I don't think they, you know, they don't really know right now. They're kind of guessing. Um, but well, uh, the calls to suicide hotlines exploded. Yeah, yeah, which, which was interesting. You know, that people, more people were reaching out for help, mm -hmm. and maybe it is because. You know, the help was there and people were talking about it. And, right. and, you know, so they were not feeling as isolated as they normally would have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I do know because there was concerns about the um, the numbers going up because of all of the isolation, that there was also a lot of effort to make sure that people had access to, uh, you know, uh, suicide prevention uh, hotlines and and uh, counseling. And there was people to talk to. There, were, there was more advertising of that so that people were aware of it. Um, I do want to say, too, for those who, who um, you know, feel depressed or ever have, you know, uh, suicidal ideation, 1-800-273-8255 is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You can call and talk to somebody anytime. And so, uh, you know, they're available 24-7 and uh, you won't get a call. You When you call, they won't say, please hold. And then... <laughs> You will actually get to talk to a live person who who will listen to you and 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 uh, and help you talk through issues and uh, and just help, you know. And so often, I think that's you know what people are just you know crying out for is somebody to talk to. So uh, yeah, you know. And so these are all trained uh, counselors who can who can talk to you and 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 uh, you know helpfully uh, hopefully you know lead you away from any kind of destructive decisions. So, uh, again, real quickly, that number is 1-800-273-8255. Um, but, yeah, you know, all, all in all, you got to say it's a good news, though, right? It's like, hey, that's great. That's great. That's, that's excellent news. You know, that's a number you always want to see shrinking if you can. And, uh, you know, um, you, uh, you hope and pray that it continues to decline. So, um, yeah, that's good news. So are you familiar with, do you know who uh, uh, Representative Dan, Dan Crenshaw is? I don't. He is um, uh, a former Navy SEAL turned Texas congressman mm -hmm. uh, who has been, he's conservative and uh, is very much, um, uh, he, I think he's fantastic. He is very much a Republican in the old style of being a Republican, mm -hmm. um, uh, very Matter of fact, he served five term, five um, 
uh, tours in Afghanistan and or Iraq. And he, on his third tour, he was hit with an IED that, that blew out one of his eyes and damaged the other. And um, his, uh, he's going to be off the grid for a while because he, his retina is detaching. He so served two more seen... tours after that injury? Yeah, he did. Wow. Yeah, he's Navy SEAL, hardcore. Yeah. He's written a book, which mm-hmm. I really like. Um, uh, and I'm a fan. I think he's good. I'd like to see him run for president. So uh, they put a gas bubble in his eye to act as a bandage for his retina. And there, he's going to have to remain face down for at least several days when he, as he recovers. So, well, here's yeah, he served two towards after that. Wow, that's you know, I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't, even, I, I don't obviously don't know the details, but I can't imagine how that even happens because, uh, uh, you know, I mean, if you've lost sight in one eye and you've lost vision in the other eye, how do you still qualify even physically to continue to, to, you know, serve in combat? But uh, obviously, he did, and wow. That's impressive. If I knew nothing else about him, I'm impressed. You know. Yeah. Um, so he he um, is the embodiment of what we call a badass. Yeah. Well, here's <laughs> here's to a speedy recovery and 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 uh, you know, God help anybody in Congress who who tries to tell him he's wrong. <laughs> right? like, I said. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So so I was mistaken. It, I pulled up his Wikipedia page. He has served five turns, but his fourth and fifth turns were in Bahrain and South uh, tours rather were tours were in Bahrain and South Korea. So okay. he was not in combat during those two. Okay. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. Yes. And you know, and, and and the military doesn't want to lose the experience and knowledge of somebody. So it's like, okay, you know, if you can still uh serve in some capacity, then we'll find the capacity that works that, you know, allows us to, you know, um have access to 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 you and you can continue to serve if that's what you want to do. So good for him. So yeah, he was SEAL team three. He has a Purple Heart, a Bronze Star, and Navy and Marine Corps Commendation Medal with Valor. Um, so, yeah, he uh, he went to Harvard mm-hmm. and um, Harvard uh, for his pardon. Harvard. Harvard. He went to Tufts and then Harvard. So, yeah, smart guy uh, and dedicated. Yeah, you're right. Sounds like he's um, uh, uh, a heck of a leader. Um, I don't you know. I, mm-hmm. I literally know nothing about him, but uh, wish him a speedy recovery. And uh, you know, the kind of person it sounds like the kind of person you want, you know, in Congress, in the Senate, um, in you know, in leadership positions, um, making good decisions. So cool, indeed. So um, history indeed, was made indeed. this weekend on the golf course. The Masters tournament was played in Augusta, Georgia. And for the first time ever, a Japanese person, uh, Hideki Matsuyama of Japan, wins. And he won the uh, Masters Golf Tournament yesterday. And uh, congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, He's the first Japanese to win the Masters Tournament. And the coveted coveted green jacket. Um, He had a two-stroke lead going into the 18th hole and he bogeyed so he ended up winning by one and uh wow yeah so um you know good for him um good for him yeah so we are we are out of out of uh time we are we are time is up 
So, um, all right. Well, then we'll wrap her up today. Um, and we will be back tomorrow on Tuesday. We hope that you all had a great weekend. And we'll see you tomorrow. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. Never get enough